Oh, yeah, you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition. Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World. Gary Gatehouse, better known as the Secret Agent Man. What a week, huh? Lots went down since uh, since Monday. Actually, since last Friday. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, after hearing all this news, I was so depressed last night. Thinking about Muslims, Obama, the wars, lost jobs, savings, Social Security, retirement funds, etc. I called a suicide hotline. I did. I had pressed one for English. I was connected to a call center in Pakistan. And I told them I was suicidal. And ladies and gentlemen, they got all excited and asked if I could drive a truck. (laughs) You know, folks, what we're facing today is no laughing matter. We folks here in Western, the Western world, if you will, the, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, that part of the world that is not heathenistic as a lot of other parts of the world are, we've gotten over all that. We've moved on. But we're facing a population of heathens that live in the Middle East that still Occupy space there that their ancestors did that still practice that same phony baloney rock and roll religion called Islam. Seventh century, I don't know what you'd call it, Stone Age cult, if you will. And we have billions of people following it. And like I've said many times on my show, the only book in a Muslim library is one the Quran, and the people, the Muslims, that practice their religion fervently, sign on to every aspect, every T, every I, every period in that Quran, they worship, but no question. Those Muslims, the majority of, are hell-bent on taking away all the freedoms we have here in America, Europe, and any free country. Because you see, freedom and the Koran do not get along. The Koran, under no stretch of the imagination, offers freedom to its people. It tells them what freedom is. It dictates to them what freedoms they can have, which aren't any, hardly any at all, if you're a woman. Probably none. And the men, the Muslim men, cowards every one of them. Cowards every one of them. They have it in their corner as far as what can and can't be said by their their wives, or their daughters, or their sisters, or moms. They have everything under control, the men who practice Islam. They have been brainwashed. Not just the men, the women as well. 
and the madrasas that exist in Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, wherever, that teach their children from that 7th century book, the Quran. That is their curriculum. Those children grow up with one thing on their mind, establishing a caliphate worldwide, taking over the country, taking over whatever country they want to point their sights at at the time, and then moving on to the next country. You know, way back in the 7th century, Muslims were knocking at the door of Rome. And a guy came along, his name is Charles Martel. They called him the Hammer, but he because he was a kick-ass dude. He didn't take guff from anybody. Europe is ready to go under from the hordes that it invaded. Invaded that part of the world, the Muslims. They were knocking at Rome's door. Well, old Charles the Hammer Martel said, Hey, we got to raise an army and we got to throw these SOBs out of here. It took a lot of convincing by Charles Martel to get enough money to raise an army, a lot of convincing to convince the Holy See, the Pope, and all the rulers of the kingdoms throughout Europe that we've got to get enough money together to raise an army and throw these hordes of Muslims who threaten our very livelihoods, our very lives, our countries. we got to get a, an army together and throw them out. He literally had to beg and plead for money to do what he wanted to do, get an army together. But in the end, he succeeded. And he threw the Muslims out of Europe. Now, we can fast forward all the way to today. And we had the same situation in Europe. Muslims have waded into Europe, posing as refugees, coming across the border in mass amounts, overwhelming the countries of Europe, and dictating to the European leaders what they want the European leaders to give them. They want TVs. They want warm beds. This is the starters. And then we have the French thing. The Paris thing. A well-coordinated attack on innocent people enjoying the weekend. A well-coordinated attack killing hundreds of people, maiming, wounding. And again, like the 7th century, all the leaders of the free world, including Barack Hussein Obama Jr., I'm not a Muslim, Obama, are saying, we've got this under control. We know how to do this. And all the while, Muslims are planning their next attack. It could be downtown Houston, downtown wherever United States, or maybe in two or three states, or maybe one city in each state. Who knows? But the leaders of the free world tell us we've got it under control and we can only do so much. Just like the leaders of Europe told Martel back in the 7th century. 
He wanted to raise an army and throw Muslims out. Today the leaders of the free world are so hamstrung by political correctness that they just don't know what to do. They flounder around waving their arms and spewing rhetoric out of their mouths that doesn't mean a damn thing. And all the while, the Muslim hordes continue to pour in to Europe. Continue to come in there and invade Europe. Yes, that's what it is. It's an invasion. And our illustrious leader, the silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago, the community organizer, the liar-in-chief, the commander-in-chump, has been told by many, you cannot let those Syrians into our country. We can't vet them. And he turns around and lies. Him and his staff lie to the American people and to the world. Oh, we can vet them. We can make damn sure who they are. We know how to do this. We got it under control. I am going to bring those 65,000 Syrians into America, whether we, the people of the United States, like it, whether Congress likes it. I'm Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago, the community organizer, the pupil of Saul Alinsky, the stealth Muslim. I am going to do it, and you can just shut the hell up. In Congress, oh yeah, they're speaking out a little bit, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta look at this here. We gotta look at him, this these here Muslims, and uh, see what's going on here. So that old Barack Obama can't uh, bring them damn old Muslims in here from Syria without being uh, uh, properly vetted. Maybe that United Nations can do it." Obama says, "Oh yeah, United Nations already assured us." That these Syrians are going to be squeaky clean. There ain't going to be a terrorist amongst them. I'm going to bring them on down and settle them in the United States. But here in the last couple of days, a few states, governors said, Hold on a minute. We're not taking any of these Syrians. You're not going to dump them in our state. You're not going to jeopardize the security of our people, our my constituencies, constituents here in, in Alabama and Texas, etc. You can keep those Muslims somewhere else. You're not bringing them here. But yet, have we heard from the Republican leadership on this? Have we heard from the Democrat leadership on this? This should not be a partisan issue. This should be a bipartisan issue. The security, the very security of the United States of America, you, me, your children, future generations, depends on our Congress getting their stuff together in one sock and telling that stealth Muslim in the White House, you are not bringing those Syrians here. Do you think that'll happen? Honestly, folks, do you really think that'll happen? Where both parties will come together and tell Obama, you're not going to do it. Slap him down, if you will. Take him down a couple of notches, if you will. Because he don't give a damn about this country. This, What he's doing is all in his plan. Stop and think about this. Since he's been in office, since he's been in office, we have been head over heels in debt by the trillions. We have allowed, they have allowed Congress and Obama 
of millions more illegals pour into our country. And Obama has been over backwards to help them, bust them throughout the United States, and place them in little enclaves in little towns and cities and boroughs throughout the United States where we can't track them. Then he says he's bringing 65,000 Syrians into the country because it's our duty as Americans to do it. Where in the Constitution does it say we Americans have to accept what that damn president says we have to accept? Where does it say that we have to take one damn refugee, let alone 65,000? Show me in the Constitution where it says it. Oh, we have treaties. The United United Nations say we have to accept them. The hell with the United Nations. They don't live here except their damn representatives that run around New York. Better yet, throw the United Nations out. Let them reestablish it in Saudi Arabia or Iran or Red China or Moscow. See how they're treated there. Get them the hell out of here. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you. I don't know about you Americans out there. But aren't you just damn sick and tired of this? Aren't you tired of this? Are you worn out that this SOB in the White House stands up here in front of you, the American people, we the people, and tells us, you are going to accept what I am going to do and you will have no damn control or say so about it whatsoever. And if you don't like it, shut the hell up! That's what he's telling us. That's what he's telling us! You know, I've been looking for a tipping point ever since I come on the air when Americans would be absolutely just throw their arms up in the air and say, that's it. I've had it. I'm not going to take it anymore and take to the streets. Have we seen that? Have we heard that yet? No. What is a tipping point? When a Muslim's knocking on your door, pulling your son or daughter out the front door into the street and beheading them or kicking them around and, and torturing them? What is your tipping point, America? What the hell is your tipping point? Are you so complacent, so fat, dumb, and happy, you don't recognize what you're being exposed to, your children are being exposed to? Are you so fat, dumb, and happy, and I don't give a damn attitude that you cannot see what's on the radar screen, the threat to our country, the security of yourself, your wife, yourself, and your girlfriend, your kids? Can't you see it? That is not an only, it's not only a threat from outside the borders, it's a threat from inside the borders. And that threat comes directly from inside the Beltway in what used to be called the White House, now called the Rainbow House. That guy that lives in the White House, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., has told the American people, I don't give a damn about you. I don't give a damn about you Christians. I don't give a damn about your kids. I don't give a damn about your little villages or homes or houses. I don't give a damn on how your hard your ancestors worked to make this country great. I don't give a damn about this country. My Muslim brothers and sisters comes before you do. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on 
freedominamericaradio.com. We'll be right back after the Phyllis Shafley Report. Stay tuned. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, popular speaker, and author of 25 books, including A Choice, Not an Echo, Who Killed the American Family, The Flip Side of Feminism, Turbo Reader, and How We Made the Republican Party Pro-Life. Now, here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. For many years, Eagle Forum has sent an observer to the annual convention of the National Education Association, the NEA, which is held usually over the 4th of July weekend. This is one way we can keep Eagle Forum members informed about what is going on in public schools. At the annual NEA convention last July, a new business item proposed calling the organization a union. New business item number 46 sought to add the word union when referring to the NEA. The new wording would have been NEA, the nation's largest professional employee association and union. After discussion, a vote was taken by the NEA membership, and this item was defeated. A delegate from rural Missouri stated that the NEA affiliate in their area already has enough trouble getting teachers to join, and if they incorporate the word union, even fewer teachers would become NEA members. He said, if we say union, we will lose people. The NEA is clearly and absolutely a union. In fact, it is the largest union in the nation. It is shrinking, but the power it wields should not be discounted. Just look at the state of public schools for proof of what the union has managed to achieve. Another new business resolution that was defeated by the membership suggested that the NEA convention be broadcast online so members could watch it from their homes using a password-protected site. One delegate in opposition to the item said, We want to control the flow of information. She said that some of what goes on gets ugly and could be misunderstood by parents who watch. But letting teachers see their union in action is a great idea. Maybe if more teachers understood how radical their union is, they would drop their membership, at least in states where they are legally allowed to do so. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. The National Education Association is the largest labor union in the country. So how are they using that power? Regretfully, their goals have little to do with better educating our children. Do you have an opinion on the NEA? Read, follow, and add to the blog at eagleforum.org. That's eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Well, welcome back. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America. Hump Day in the free world. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've uh, I've covered the Muslim thing before on the question that must be asked. And uh, I've went over this, oh, I don't know, four or five times in the last six or seven years. But I'm going to regurgitate it again and bring it forward again. Just to refresh our memory, if you will, on what Muslims are about. Refresh our memory on what Muslims believe in, don't believe in, 
where their allegiance lie, and how they operate under the Quran, how they practice their religion. Now, all we have to do is just go back a few days and look at Paris, France. All we have to do is go back a few months and look at Europe. All we have to do is go back a couple of years and look at Europe. All we have to do is go back before Obama came on the scene and have a look at America. And the one thing that sticks out in both Europe and the United States that have hamstrung the American people and tore them away from all of the things that they believe in, in their country, in their way of life, their moral upbringing, etc., is political correctness. Political correctness and liberalism. Political correctness and liberalism are the two mainstays in the destruction of the Western world and America. Those two things, hand in hand, tied together, are destroying Europe and are destroying America. Because you see, you have a whole mindset of people who have signed on to liberalism and political correctness. Those two things run their lives. They are, if you will, members of the congregation. Their Bible, under liberalism, consists of many Gospels. The Gospel of environmentalism. The Gospel of, if it feels good, do it. The Gospel of, I can say anything as I want, but if you disagree with me, you shut up. The gospel of my way or the highway. The gospel of murder in the womb. The gospel of abortion. And these are just to name a few. Now if we fast forward back to last week. And we look at Paris. Paris, France. A prime example of political correctness and liberalism. The country of France. The, the uh, European Union and all of its members. Liberalism and political correctness has them by the throat, has them by the heart. They're afraid to speak out, afraid to say anything against their known enemies because they might offend them. Same here in America, across the pond, here in America. We have a whole Contingent, the majority of Americans have signed on to liberalism and political correctness. But have Muslims done that? No. The Muslims that occupy space in the United States, have they signed on to liberalism and, and political correctness? No. They use it against us. Has Muslims in Europe signed on to political correctness and liberalism. No, but they use it against Europeans, including the British. Anywhere there's a free country and there are Muslims, they use political correctness and liberalism against the true people of those countries. And the question may be asked, and here we go, talking about Muslims. The question may must be asked. And I'm talking about this side of the pond now, America, 
but it can apply to any country in Europe. It can apply to New Zealand, Australia, Canada, any free country in the world. Can Muslims be good Americans, good Europeans, good people in any free society, any country in the Western world? Can they? Theologically, the answer is no. They can't. Why? Because Muslims' alliance is to Allah. Is to Allah. When they were killing those French people, what were they saying? Allah Akbar. Allah is good. Allah is great. While they kill people. Because Allah has told them. In the Quran. Infidels must be one of two things. Slaves that you can trade and sell. Or you must kill them. That is the way the caliphate is obtained and held on to. You get rid of infidels, non-believers. Can a Muslim be a good American? Theologically, no. Because he owes his alliance or allegiance to Allah. Religiously, no. Because no other religion is accepted by Allah except Islam. And I'll give you the verse in the Quran. The Quran, 2.256. Go look it up. Spiritually, can Muslims be good Americans? The answer is no. Because their allegiance is to the five pillars of Islam and the Quran. Can Muslims make good Americans geographically? The answer is no. Because their allegiance is to Mecca, to which he turns in prayer five times a day. Obama's probably wore out a lot of prayer rugs. Can Muslims in America or Western Europe or, or in Europe make good people socially? No. Because their allegiance to Islam forbids them to make friends with Christians or Jews. Can Muslims politically make good Americans or Europeans? No. Because they must submit to the mullahs, the spiritual leaders, who teach annihilation of Israel and destruction of America, the great Satan. Can Muslims domestically make good citizens of Europe or America? Absolutely not. Because they are instructed to marry four women and beat and scourge his wife, their wives when they disobey him. Quran 4.34 Can Muslims make good American citizens or European citizens intellectually? Absolutely not. Because they cannot accept the American Constitution. Since it is based on biblical principles. And they believe the Bible to be corrupt. Can Muslims philosophically be good citizens of America or Europe? No. Because Islam, Muhammad, and the Quran does not allow freedom of religion and expression. 
democracy and Islam cannot coexist. Every Muslim government is either dictatorial or autocratic. Spiritually, can a Muslim make a good U.S. citizen or a good European citizen spiritually? No way, Jose. No. Because when we declare one nation under God, the Christian's God, is loving and kind, and while Allah is never referred to as Heavenly Father, nor is He ever called love in the Quran's 99 excellent names. Look, look it up. The Quran's 99 excellent names. Therefore, the bottom line, after much study and deliberation, perhaps we Americans, we Europeans, should be very suspicious of all Muslims in our respective countries. They obviously cannot be both good Muslims and good Americans, good Europeans. Patriots, you can call it for what it is. Call it, wish it, it's still the truth. What we've discovered is the truth. And patriots, you had better believe it. We who more understand this, the better it will be for our respective countries and our future for not only ourselves, our wives, but our children and our grandchildren and future generations. The religious war is bigger than we know or understand. And Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the stealth Muslim, wants to be our president, is our president. He's not our president. He's not a leader. He's a puppet for Islam. You've got to wake up, America. You've got to wake up. The United States of America, Europe, we are now seeing the invasion firsthand. We're seeing history being repeated in Europe once again. The seventh century revisited when thousands and thousands of Muslims were overrunning Europe and knocking at the door of Rome. We're seeing the same we're seeing the same type of leadership in Europe in the seventh century as we see today. There was no political correctness as we call it today in the seventh century Europe. But something had a hold of their leaders way back then. Do not pay attention to what was going down. Almost to the point of giving up. And it took someone, like I said earlier, like Charles Martel, the hammer, to wake Europe up, put an army together, and physically battle Muslims and throw them out of Europe way back in the 7th century. Europe is faced with the same scenario again. The same type of do-nothing, blasé leadership of the countries of the European Union. A lot of words, a lot of rhetoric, but no action. Here in the United States, we have no leadership. We have none on either side of the aisle, Republican or Democrat. 
We have no absolute no leadership at any level of federal government. The only real leaders we still have in America are in our military. And I pray to God that when it gets to a point where whether we have to give up, shut up, or take action, that the military sides with we the people. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition on Restoration Radio International. We'll be back after a few short messages. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back live at the National Butt-Out Finals. A.J. Langer is all fired up, and there he goes. It's out. He put his butt out in 2.6 seconds. Lori is with A.J. Lori? A.J., how did you get your butt out so quick? Well, I learned the hard way. I burned the house down. If you smoke, put it out all the way, every time. Smoking is the number one cause of preventable home fire deaths. Check out usfa.dhs.gov smoking. A message from the U.S. Fire Administration and firefighters everywhere. You are listening to the sound of the heartbeat of an unborn baby just 28 days after conception. Every day, more than 3,000 abortions are performed in this country, and each abortion stops the heartbeat of a living unborn baby. Since 1973, the annual number of abortions has gone from approximately 750,000 a year to just under 1.3 million. Abortion isn't rare or safe, only legal. Legalized abortion on demand has taken the lives of more than 50 million unborn children and left those women who have had abortions more vulnerable to physical, mental, and emotional complications. We at National Right to Life are working to break this cycle. We are working for the day when both mother and child will be welcomed, loved, and protected. Won't you help us? This has been a Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, nrlc.org. Well, looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. Well, welcome back to the Wednesday show. Hump Day in America. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd like to give a shout out to all my uh, mates over there in uh, England. You know, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of us here in America, our ancestors came from England or Great Britain, being Ireland or Scotland. England. And they came over to this country and they settled this country, rolled their sleeves up, pioneered this country. All that we have as far as our Christian religion was brought to the shores by our ancestors from England. The first people to land, you know what, Plymouth Rock, you know the whole story. The pilgrims, if you will. They left England to uh, get away from the tyranny that the king was leveling on his people in England at the time. They came to America to establish a new world, a new way of life. And now those very people over there, home of our ancestors in England, are under the gun again. Many times England has fought back threats from outside their borders. 
tiny little island it is. I lived there for the majority of 10 years, majority of the decade of the 70s. I grew to love those people, their tenacity, and the way they looked at things straight in the eye and took them on, straight ahead, straight on. Now they, as a people, as a country, are faced with dire situation. They have a government that, for the most part, like here in America, has turned their back on we the people of England. Has gone off and does, or is doing, what it damn well pleases. Not listening to the great people of England. Just as here in America. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'll have to agree with some people that are now saying we are in the very beginnings of World War III. If you really stop and take a look around in your in your country, respective country, then broaden that uh, look, if you will, or that stare, or whatever you want to call it, out over the rest of the world. And just look what's going down, what's happening. Evil, as I call it, has raised its ugly head in just about every country in the world to the point where most countries today have no established leadership. They claim to be leaders, but when push comes to shove, they really don't know how to lead. Then you have those countries like China, Russia, just to name two, that are not led. They are dictated to the people I'm talking about by tyrants, by dictators. They're ruled by government that we, the American people in Europe, thought was destroyed back in the 80s, namely communism. And I remember saying on one of my early shows that communism never really went away. It just kind of sunk back into the shadows, if you will, and became a shadow government. Both in Russia, China never went away. Most Americans today do not even know China is a communist nation. When you use the word or the term Chicom, they don't know what you're talking about. They look at China as just some place where a lot of stuff comes to Walmart or whatever, cheap stuff, and we buy it. They have no idea. They cannot even contemplate and tie their small brains to the fact that China is in exactly what it was and always has been in the modern era, communist. Since after World War II. Communist. Yet we trade with them. We buy their cheap crap. But America today, uh, European Union today, and all those separate countries down there on the Pacific Rim, New Zealand, Australia, folks to North America, Canada. If you think about it collectively, now think about this. 
If you take Europe, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and America, and you bunch them up into one big ball, that is the Western way of thinking. That's the Western ideology in that ball and those countries. But our countries are being overran, infiltrated by people who have been indoctrinated into socialism and communism, our own people. And they are now on the brink of completely changing America, Europe, Canada, into something we would have never thought would happen. Changing it into, changing those countries into central government communist countries. Oh, they'll call it what they want. They won't use the word or brand communism. Heavens no. Here in America, the word is progressive. Democrat progressives. They are the new communist. And like I was talking earlier about the Bible of communism here in America and abroad in Europe is based on many things and supported 100% by the entry-level position or ism, if you will, of liberalism. That is the entryway, the doorway into achieving the final step, communism. In between liberalism and communism, the second step, socialism. We now have in America Bernie Sanders, a man that stands up and is very proud to say he's a socialist, running for president of the United States of America. We now have a woman, her name is Hillary Rotten Clinton, who is a socialist slash Marxist, but says she's a progressive. So I guess she hasn't figured it out yet. They're all the same. She's a communist. Running for president of the United States on the Democrat Party ticket. We have people on the Republican side that are status quo individuals, tied at the hip with the likes of the, the past speaker, John Boehner, Paul Ryan, they are all status quo Republicans, do-nothing Republicans, no leadership involved there whatsoever. Where is America? We have a man in the White House, and I use the term man very loosely, that is up there via executive order dictating to the American people his will. You will do this. I've said this. I've, dec- uh, I've uh, issued a executive order. This is my will. This is my idea. This is the way it's going to be. And the American people, most of us, yow's the boss, I'm right with you. In Europe, you have Merkel. In Germany, who is, might as well be a non-starter. You have the leaders of England. The leaders of France. You have all of them. They're not leaders. They're heads of state and as as far as it goes. Oh yeah, they have some nice rhetoric. 
that they'll spread out whenever the masses start to grumble a little bit. They'll get up and say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And the masses say, okay. And they go back to what they were doing. And the leadership does nothing. Until the next time when the masses start saying, what about this, what about that? The Western world is in deep kimchi, deep trouble. We have no leaders. We have none. In America, we have a person who can get up in front of television, stand in front of millions of of Americans, stand in the hollow halls of our universities and colleges, stand in our churches, and lie to us with a straight face. Oh, his rhetoric and his presentation on his ability to articulate what he says he's going to do impresses people. It impresses people what he is reading off of that teleprompter. He uses all the right socialist, Marxist, communist, progressive buzzwords that a lot of Americans, the majority of were taught in college. Those buzzwords resonate. Obama uses them in all of his speeches. Resolute. We are going to beat this. He knows how to use the right way, the right tone, the way to turn his head, his body language, all of it. He reminds me of Mussolini or Hitler when they would stand in front of the masses and give speeches. The same type of movements, the same type of president presentation. But we are at a we're at a point in our country's history here in America and you folks in Europe where it's going to fast become put up or shut up. I'm not talking about the leaders, I'm talking about we the peoples of our respective countries. It's going to come to a point here pretty damn quick. where we're going to have to put up or shut up. We're going to have to step forward, lock arms, hands across the sea, if you will, and tell the rest of the world they can stick it up their kazoo. We're not taking this crap anymore. We're going to have to tell our leaders, either start leading or get the hell out of office. You know, folks, if you look back at Rome in its heyday, then the gradual decline into nothing more than a has-been, and you draw the parallel lines between the ups and downs, peaks and valleys of Rome, its leadership, its government, the attitude of its people, and everything that's attached to it, those lines connect right with America, connect right with Europe. And because history is something we can refer to and refresh ourselves and our knowledge of, 
We have no excuse. No excuse whatsoever in allowing our leaders to take us down the road of has-been countries. We have no excuse. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a message or two. Don't go away. You're listening to RadioFreeAmerica.us. We'll be right back. More than 2 million Americans have served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the Department of Veterans Affairs reports that approximately 11 to 20 percent of those warriors may have experienced symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. As we recognize PTSD Awareness Month, Real Warriors campaign volunteer Meg Mitchum, a former Army combat medic who served in Iraq, encourages fellow warriors to reach out when they need help. The hardest step was admitting that I needed help coping with PTSD. Once I did, my command and unit fully supported me, and I was able to get the care I needed. Getting support helped me succeed in the military and now in my civilian career. If you or a loved one is coping with an invisible wound, resources are available and they work. For more information, visit the Real Warriors campaign at realwarriors.net or call 866-966-1020. This song's for all you lovers out there. I'd like to give a shout-out to all the staff members and uh, owner and operator of Restoration Radio International, Mr. Stephen Lang. All you folks on Facebook, if you get a chance, go up and look at or sign on to or become a friend of or a member of Restoration Radio International UK. They broadcast 24-7 some fantastic music, fantastic call-in shows originating out of London, England, where Gary Gatehouse radio show is broadcasted daily you'll enjoy listening to what these blokes these guys over in england have to say jump in on the conversation if you like they will probably welcome you with open arms except for you liberals watch out beware you might get your head chewed off Now, heads up, all you folks over there in Nacogdoches, Texas. I know it's Wednesday, and I know you're just chomping at the bit to get out on the streets and find every damn watering hole you can chase down between now and 5 o'clock tomorrow morning. I just want to give you warning, fair warning. You have to go to work Thursday. Big head or no big head. Okay? You know, folks, the folks over there in Nacogdoches, Texas, the folks up around Dallas-Fort Worth, they are some of the most partying people I've ever been around. Bar none. You get up there and make friends with one of those folks, and they will wear your legs off, taking you to every water hole, dance hall, in that part of Texas. And by the way, 
you'll damn well enjoy, enjoy yourself. That's for damn sure. Like to give a shout out to Jan Corler. I think she's doing a bang up job for the Gary Gatehouse radio show. Works tirelessly for the show, and I appreciate every bit of it, Jan. Don't think I don't. My friend and colleague, Mr. Trade Martin, up there in New Jersey, probably in the recording studio. That guy lives there. I think he has a bed there. Goes to sleep at night with his headsets on. <laughs> Hope you're having a great day, Trade. You and your squeeze. Now I ran across a headline... It was written in the commentary section of a newspaper. I won't give you which newspaper it was. But the headline of this guy and his comments was, Obama is no ordinary weakling. He goes on to say, now listen to this. He hits the nail right on the head. Those who compare the bare-chested conqueror of the Crimea, Putin, with the metrosexual ruler of the United States, Obama, and find our emperor weak to the point of deserving ridicule, miss the essential strength of President Barack Hussein Obama Jr. It's no ordinary weakling who can turn a once respected country into an international joke, reduce Congress to a gaggle of sniveling psychopaths, Turn the world's finest medical system into a failed third-rate socialist nightmare with a stroke of his pen. Shatter our Constitution without attempted recourse by the sons and daughters of frontiersmen and pioneers whose blood was used to write that inspired document. And turn the people of our once United States into a herd of competing and complaining minorities who, like suckling pigs, are afraid to lose his place on the government tit, should he raise his voice to protest the ruin of our country. So don't denigrate the non-entity ruler, who has overcome his uncertainty ancestry and ludicrous incompetence to do what no other king or dictator has been able to do in our 237-year history. He has destroyed America. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the truth hurts, doesn't it? When the truth hits you right between the eyes, spoken from a Mr. Joe Sixpack somewhere out there in the United States of America, who has sat down and contemplated and thought about and analyzed and put words and paper to pen, which I discovered, disread to you, the truth hurts. He has hit the nail on the head. I'm just as guilty as anybody in America calling Obama adult, an idiot, a dumbass. But he's none of these. He knows exactly what he wants to do. He's known that from his early years in college. He was raised for this. He is put in there 
in the White House to do one job and one job only. And this man has hit the nail on the head. And that job Obama has been tenured to do and is doing it very well, destroying our beloved America. And he, the man who wrote this, has brought it to our attention. Just exactly what Obama's done. And he's also pointed the finger at we the American people. Us fat, dumb and happy, complacent, don't complain, politically correct, liberal, socialist, Marxist, communist, progressive, majority American people. We have turned our back on America. We have not stood up against this man, Obama. We have not stood up against a complacent Congress. It's our fault. No one else's. We've let this happen. And we continue to let it happen. Oh yeah, there's complaints around the fringes. And I've had many, many people email me and they say, Gary Gatehouse, you always talk about the American people dropping the ball and not complaining and not getting out and doing anything. What are we supposed to do? You know, I could almost sit in a pub back in 1773, 72, and hear the people in the pub beating their mugs of beer on the table and saying, but what are we supposed to do with this king? He's destroying us. He will not let us speak out. He's tax a, taxing us tax uh, without any representation. What are we supposed to do? We can't do anything. I can almost hear him saying it. And we are echoing what they said back in the 1700s. Seated in pubs in small groups, complaining and whining, but one day some leadership stepped forward. And that leadership were the founding fathers of our country. And they led those people out of the threat, out of the boot of tyranny from across the pond in England. And they led the American people, the colonists if you will, to a better way, a better way of life and a better outstanding government the republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all but here we are today in 2015 sitting in our small little pubs in our living rooms and dining rooms and kitchens kicking a dog beating our fist on the table me yelling in the microphone acting the same way those people did back in the 1700s, complaining about the tyranny from the king of England. So I say, what are we going to do? We'll talk about that next hour. It's time for the five-minute news. And when we come back, we've got a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot to discuss don't you go away. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-Minute News Break. 
from New York, the Fox Report. And Lisa Brady, a day of defiance, but also rattled nerves five days after the terror attacks in Paris. In Germany, two stadiums evacuated because of a bomb threat. The German chancellor was supposed to attend a soccer match at one. No explosives found or arrests made. This as an international manhunt continues for the mastermind of the French attacks and for two possible fugitives. Fox's Radio's Courtney Walsh is live in Paris. Yes, Lisa. Well, police earlier today found a black Renault car in northern Paris, possibly linked to the missing eighth terrorist from Friday's attack, Saleh Abdeslam, and his brother, Brahmin, who blew himself up outside of a restaurant on Friday. Also reports out that a ninth terrorist might be at large. Police have searched two safe homes rented by the brothers and found suspicious-looking syringes that may have been used to make the suicide vests. Finally, one of the dead gunman's cell phones has been discovered, and with it, according to reports, a chilling text message. We are ready. Lisa? Thanks, Courtney. On Capitol Hill... A containment plan is not enough. That has failed. House Speaker Paul Ryan criticizing the president's ISIS strategy and calling for a pause in the plan to allow 10,000 Syrian refugees into the U.S. We've had three ISIS-related incidents already. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, 33 states now objecting to the refugee plan over security concerns. We are working around the clock to uncover and disrupt plots that take aim at our people, our infrastructure, and our way of life. Attorney General Loretta Lynch at a House hearing also defending the vetting process for refugees. Salt Lake City just electing its first openly gay mayor, former state lawmaker Jackie Biscupsi, defeating the two-term incumbent in a city that's home to the Mormon Church. Stocks finished mixed, the Dow up six points. On the Fox Report, fair and balanced. All right. I know this isn't any fun to talk about, but we should. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Where to be found. Batteries? Dead. Great. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. Not packed. What about blankets? We have an old towel. Good enough. Cell phones? May not work. Uh, emergency water? Not a drop. And what about food? Nope. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated, yeah? Aunt Joan's house. The bus stop. Great. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Sounds like we don't have a plan. Who's up for mini golf? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Late reports of an explosion at a fruit and vegetable market in Nigeria, killing more than 30 people. Also reports in Nigeria that an ex-security advisor is accused of stealing $2 billion that was meant to fight Islamic extremists. Russia pounding ISIS targets in Syria after announcing it was a bomb, a homemade bomb, that brought down a Russian passenger jet over Egypt. We welcome uh, any sincere effort on the part of the, the Russians to play a more constructive role in Syria. Pentagon spokesman Peter Cook, the U.S. has accused Russia until now of targeting U.S.-backed rebels who oppose the Assad regime. President Putin also announcing a $50 million reward to help find the Egypt bomber. Tense moments on a British Airways flight from London to Boston as a passenger was restrained. She was accused of trying to open an exit door mid-flight. It landed safely at Boston's Logan Airport. Six or seven yeah. U.S. police officers boarded the plane um, while we were seating. 
um, and they handcuffed the lady and escorted her off the plane. The FAA describing the woman as intoxicated. Airfare is about 10% lower this Thanksgiving than last year, but most Americans traveling at least 50 miles for the holiday are expected to hit the road. AAA projects 46.9 million holiday travelers this Thanksgiving. That's the most since 2007, and it also marks the seventh consecutive year of travel growth for this holiday. AAA's Marshall Doney chalks that up to a combination of lower gas prices and a better employment outlook. After Charlie Sheen confirming he has HIV. It's a hard um, three letters to absorb, you know. It's a, it's, 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 a, it's a turning point in, in, in one's life. Alongside his doctor on NBC's Today show, also insisting he's been honest about it with every sexual partner since being diagnosed, some of his ex-girlfriends are disputing that. Elisa Brady on Fox News Radio. Restoration Radio UK are proud to present the secret agent man, Gary Gatehouse. Well, welcome back to the second hour of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary Gatehouse, Wednesday edition, Hump Day. Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the free world. A new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. Yeah, it's that time. It's time to get out your old ticket for the Gary Gatehouse radio show Love Train. All you folks over there in Great Britain, UK, all you folks there in Europe, I hope you're having a great day fighting the muzzies. They're coming in by the thousands over in Europe. Seems the leaders over there are kind of uh, looking the other way. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're having a big discussion with Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the stealth Muslim. Maybe he's telling them what to do. After all, that guy knows everything, right? Not It's a beautiful day down here in South Texas. About 73 degrees, kind of cloudy. We had some rain come through last night and kind of cooled things down a little bit. You know, after a summer when we put up with 100 degree temperatures, most of the most of the summer, you know, it got up to 100, 102 degrees, like something like that. That was the forecast every day. Then along comes November and it cools down into the 70s. Beautiful weather. You know, folks, down here in South Texas, you can't beat it. You just can't beat it. We suffer through our winter months at with temperatures in the 60s, low 60s. Sometimes we'll even dip down into the 30s at night, and that really just chafes us because we can't take it down here. We just can't take the cold. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, ladies and gentlemen, all you people over there in Europe, you know, Gary Gatehouse reads and tries to keep up with all the news that's going down over in your neck of the woods. And, you know, I don't envy any of you patriots over there at all. I know you've got a real tough road to hoe. But I understand from reading what you post up on Facebook, I understand that you are fighting back, and that is what is great about you folks over there in Great Britain, you real patriots, not sunshine patriots. You patriots that hang in there through all the thick and thins, brights and darks, cloudy weather, good weather, you're there. And uh, I had the opportunity, I don't know, to uh, sign on a few new people onto my Facebook page up there. 
And uh, I'd just like to give a shout-out to you folks that signed up here recently from the U.K. Jimmy Jones would like to say hi to you, if you don't know by now who Jimmy Jones really is. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, and all you folks in Europe and the U.K., for our president to go over to the G20 summit in Turkey and chastise in front of God and everybody, chastise you folks in Europe for not doing your duty, as he calls it, to accept all those Syrians that he wants you to accept because Obama says you will accept them. That is what he wants. Then he turns around and tells the American people that I don't give a damn what Congress says. I don't give a damn what you American people say. What Obama says is going to be the way it is. You're going to accept that 65,000 Syrians, and I don't give a damn if 50,000 of them are ISIS. That's really what I want. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, Obama and his continued sellout of we the people over here across the pond in my country, America, his, comp- his continued sellout of we the people We all know, we people here in America, we patriots that pay attention, we know Obama stands with Islam and the Muslims. Now there's a guy over here, very outspoken. As a matter of fact, he was outlawed from speaking or showing up even in the country over in UK here a while back. His name's Michael Savage. And Michael Savage, I was looking at some of his commentary about what Obama says the American people have to do because Obama says that's the way it is and that's the way it's going to be. When it comes to these 65,000 Syrians, you will accept them. You will put them out into different states throughout the United States. I don't give a damn what the governors say. I don't give a damn what the people within the borders of those states say. Obama, that's me. You will take those 65,000 Syrians. Well, Michael Savage, in his commentary, and he says at the G20 summit in Turkey on Monday, Obama was put on the defensive by reporters questioning his strategy against ISIS and his unwillingness to alter it in the wake of the Paris attacks. Obama declared ISIS does not represent Islam. It is not representative in any way of the attitudes of the overwhelmingly majority of Muslims. But you know, the fallacy of Obama as a leader was never, never more clear, even to those reporters who are given to liberal progressive values, if you want to call them values. They stood there in shock, complete shock, by what he was not saying, and more so shocked by what he was saying. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you folks in Europe know how insane Obama is. We folks who pay attention here in America know how insane this man is. Who at a time like this not only says he is not going to stop the influx of male Muslim Syrian refugees of military age, but he's going to double down and bring it, bring in more. This is not insanity. Tell me what it is. I'll tell you what it is, Mr. Savage. This is a man that was installed in a White House in the coup of 2008, yes, a coup, with all the invalid people voting, the illegals, whatever. He was put there 
not as the President of the United States, but a puppet for a bigger organization, One World Order. I normally don't talk about this. I normally shy away from talking about One World Order. But ladies and gentlemen of America, ladies and gentlemen of Europe, damn it! This man is driving a wedge between the peoples of your country and the peoples of our country, the states of the Union, and inserting that wedge. That wedge is illegal aliens coming from south of our border. That's part of the wedge. The other part of the wedge is all of these Muslims and Islamic people coming here that he says we will accept and chastises Europe for not taking more He wants to disrupt my country and your countries. He wants to put them under the control of one world order. And how better to do that than to cause civil war between Muslims that shouldn't even be in your country or my country and illegal aliens that shouldn't be in my country. Those are all tools of Obama, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the communist Democrat left, the progressive left, the the socialist left, the Marxist left, whatever you want to call them. Those are all tools, human tools. Syrians, illegal aliens, Muslims, Islam. He's trying to disenfranchise the people who are actually the citizens of the countries of Europe and America, and replacing them with Muslims and illegals. And you know what? He's doing a damn good job of it. He's doing a damn good job of it. Over 5,000 Muslims, refugees, whatever the hell you want to call them, are coming across the borders of Belgium every damn day. 5,000! We haven't seen people parading around Europe like that since after World War II when people were trying to get home to wherever they were dislocated from. You know, folks, the whole world's in turmoil. And who's causing it all? It's Obama. He's not just causing it in America. He's causing it across the board. He's not only an enemy of the state here in America, he's an enemy of the state, enemy of Europe, along with his compadres, the leaders of Europe. They're all in the same damn boat. And here we, the people of the U.S. and Europe, we citizens, what are we going to do? What left is there to do? What are we going, how are we going to take this man and his damn people, international people, one world order people, people who want to control us through using the United Nations, What are we going to do? He's trying to push us into World War III is what he's trying to do. He's trying to get it to a point where they'll have martial law here in the United States and he can control this country and not leave office. You don't think that's what he's trying to do? Ladies and gentlemen of America, don't you pay attention to what this man is doing? What he has done to our country? Don't you understand my God, America, what the hell's wrong with you? And all you liberal pukes, you little liberal pigs that stand by him, fall on your sword for him. What in the hell is wrong with you? I'll tell you what's wrong with you. You don't have the heartbeat of an American. 
You are, I don't know what the hell you are, but you're not Americans. Anybody that stands with Obama, whether it be anybody within the Democrat Party, outside the party, outside the United States, anybody that stands with Obama is an enemy of we the people. Is an enemy of we the people. It's time for America to wake the hell up. It's time to wake the hell up, America. Unless you just don't give a damn. And you don't give a damn who runs a country. Hell, it could be some guy from China. Some guy from Russia. Maybe maybe you'd like to have Putin come in and run America. Or maybe the communist leader from China. Oh, I don't know. As long as you can have your beer and your television and your football games, you don't give a damn what else happens, right? That's all that matters, right? Sorry mess. America's in a sorry, sorry, sorry mess. You know, folks, I've been around the block a few times and I fought for my country in Vietnam. I was an intelligence operative for 31 years in places most people wouldn't even want to send their dogs or cats. Me and hundreds of other guys like me. Yes, guys. No girls. There was no girls around. They didn't go out and do what the crap we did. It was guys. I would never, ever, ever think... First of all, that I would have a president under live under the presidency of a guy named Barack Hussein Obama. I would have never ever if somebody would have told me told me that twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, I'd say, "What the hell's wrong with you? This won't happen in America." If anybody ever told me that we would have a stealth Muslim for practical purpose purposes of description. In the White House, I would say, what in the hell's wrong with you? This is America. That'll never happen. If somebody told me that we would be taking 50 and 60 and 70,000 people from the Middle East, Syrians, Muslim, Islamic people, and there's going to be mosques all over the country, even on military bases here in the United States, and they'd be serving in our military, etc., 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 I would say, man, you need to go see a psychiatrist. You're reading the tea leaves all wrong, man. This could never happen in America, man. And most people like me, who believe in the country, believe in the Constitution, have fought for it in one way or another, sacrificed for it one way or another, 20 years ago they would have been right there with me saying the same thing. 25 years ago. But here we are in the year 2015. November. And all those things I have just said have come to pass. They are all embedded in the United States of America today. The United States of America is no longer united under one cause. We don't even have a Congress anymore. It's a cartel. We don't even have people in the Congress that would stand up and voice the voice of the people. They put their, they wet their finger and stick it up and see which way the wind's blowing that day. The political wind. And that's where they go. That's what they talk about. That's who they side with. They don't give a damn about Americans. And what's really scary, there's a faction of Americans in America that don't give a damn about America. 
Sad commentary. Sad commentary on this Wednesday. Sad commentary indeed on this Wednesday, November 18th, 2015. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages. You want the truth? Nothing but the truth? Listen to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on FreedomInAmericaRadio.com. Liberty Council is a litigation, education, and policy organization established to preserve and advance religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family. We have offices in various places around the United States and affiliate attorneys in all 50 states, plus a major outreach in the nation of Israel. Don't get discouraged about what's happening in our country and around the world. Get encouraged. Get on your knees in prayer and get involved. Stand with us in preserving our Judeo-Christian values. Visit lc.org. Religions and churches are clarifying their doctrine on homosexuality. Hi, I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. We'll talk about this next on Freedom's Call. As the Supreme Court ignored the Constitution and the founding principles of our nation regarding marriage, this is forcing religions and churches to clarify and reiterate their position on homosexual conduct. One of the most recent to do so is the Mormon Church, which welcomes those with same-sex attractions, it says, but if they are involved in a same-sex marriage or relationship, they are considered an apostate. Also, they will not baptize children of those involved in homosexual conduct until they are 18 years of old and they renounce homosexuality. Similar actions are being taken by many Protestant denominations who are codifying their position of exclusive support for natural marriage within their denomination and their other governing documents. For more information, visit lc.org. In Congress, in the courtroom, and in your community, Liberty Council is advancing life, liberty, and the family. Log on to lc.org. Every day, nearly 4,000 unborn children are denied life and love. National Right to Life is working to change that. For more than 30 years, National Right to Life has worked through education and legislation to make sure that every child is given the opportunity to share their love, their gifts, and their talents with the world. Our work now is more critical than ever. Respect for life is being attacked on all fronts and at all stages, from the tiniest unborn child to the medically dependent and disabled to our elderly citizens. It is the support of our members pro-life men and women from across the country that helps to advance our cause. Join with National Right to Life and countless other pro-life men and women and make a unified stand for life. This has been a Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, www.nrlc.org. That's nrlc.org. Yeah, lies. That's a uh, standard for liberals. Hillary Rodden Clinton, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., liberals, Democrats, lies. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there's a guy out there on the political scene, and I'm sure most Americans understand and know who he is. They've seen him on television, and they've seen him on the debates. The man's a billionaire an entrepreneur who's made billions, real estate, whatever. And there's been a lot of attacks on this guy, calling him every name in the book, accusing him of just about everything. It's a wonder they haven't accused him of starting the war in Iraq or starting the war in uh, 
in the Middle East or being a part of the bombings in France. I don't know. These media, they're going all after him, including Fox News. He's no really friend, a friend of Fox News. They try to say as little as much as much as they can about his indiscretions, as they call him, whatever. But you've got to hand it to this guy. This guy's running a campaign, and it's all coming out of his pocket. Everything he's paying for, flying around in his big jet, talking to people wherever he flies throughout the United States, he's paying for it. No PAC money. No money from big corporations. He's paying for it himself. And if you look at the guy and you listen to him, and if you dressed him up in a pair of jeans and a sweater and a pair of loafers or a tennis shoes and put him out into the public, you'd never know he's a billionaire. You never would know he's a billionaire. He talks like us. The news media accuses him of talking in generalities. Most Americans do. Most Americans do talk in generalities until you start talking about a specific issue or whatever the discussion narrows down to. Then they slide in if they can. They have any knowledge of to speak to. They're right there. And that's the way this man is. And I call him a man. He's not a limp-wristed, helmet-wearing, girl's bicycle-riding, can't-throw-a-baseball-type-of-person like the guy that opera, uh, operates uh, the Democrat Party now and lives in the White House. You know, Putin's called Obama a crybaby. Putin's called Obama childish. He acts childish, Putin says. And we don't have to go as far as Putin's saying that. The majority of Americans that pay attention to Obama have said it many times. And a lot of people have made statements like Gary Gatehouse have said about Obama, he's one sick puppy. You really don't know where this guy is coming from. He's self-centered. He's a narcissist. There's something mentally wrong with him. He's thin-skinned. And if anybody lives by the old gospel of the, of the, of the left, my way or the highway, it's Barack Hussein Obama Jr., it's him that preaches that gospel all the time. But Mr. Obama, we can't, I don't care. We're going to do it my way or the highway. You hear me? You got that? My way or the highway? You know, ladies and gentlemen, that this guy we're talking about that speaks the truth, pulls no punches, is ruthless. I have to admit that. He don't let anybody get between him and what he wants to do for the country. He tells the American people, Mr. and Mrs. Joe Sixpack, what he believes in, what he will do if he becomes president. He stands up in front of huge crowds of people. Huge crowds. And he criticizes those who need criticizing. He heaps praise on those who need uh, to be praised. But most of all, he speaks the words of the American people. Not the words of the left. Not the words of the mainstream media, including Fox News. No, the real people of the United States of America. The people in flyover country, the Midwest. The people of down south, us southerners. 
The people on the East Coast who are conservative, few and far between, he speaks their language. And there hasn't been a person like that since Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was his own man. He spoke what he believed in. He had charisma. And he could sway the thoughts. He could make people, even on the left, think twice and maybe say, hmm, that guy might have something here. The guy we're talking about, he's going to say what he believes in. And he's one of these guys, like Gary Gatehouse is, if you don't believe in what I'm saying, if you don't have any faith in what I'm saying, I don't give a damn. Take a hike. This man I'm talking about is Mr. Donald Trump. And this is a Donald Trump report. Donald Trump is preaching the truth. Pulling no punches, telling it like it is. That's the headline. Donald Trump continued his criticism of Obama's Syria policy this last Monday. Hours after Deputy National Security Advisor Ben Rhodes, who, by the way, has a degree in designing arts or something, doesn't know, couldn't find his ass with both hands, an East Coast liberal, an East Coast progressive. Well, this guy Ben Rhodes said the president has no plans to halt the acceptance of refugees from the war-torn country of Syria. He said, and I quote, we cannot let them into this country, period. The Republican presidential hopeful Donald Trump said, end quote. And he continued, we have no idea who these people are. We are the worst when it comes to paperwork. This could be one of the great Trojan horses of all times, he said. Now, you know, Mr. Trump has blasted This is Gary Gatehouse talking now. He's blasted the regime many times over in recent weeks for allowing them into the country. Syrians. Trump went as far as to say that as president he would send them back, send them packing. And I quote, I'm putting people on notice that are coming here from Syria as part of this mass migration. That if I win the presidency, they're going back. They're going back. He told supporters in New Hampshire in late September that. Again, he said, they would be ISIS, or they could be ISIS. This could be one of the greatest tactical ploys of all time. A 200,000-man army, maybe. I don't know that it, that it is, but it could be possibly be that, Trump added at the time. Now, French authorities confirmed on Sunday that one of the terrorists involved in recent attacks in Paris, France, arrived in Europe in the wave of Syrian refugees, as they call them. The man who falsely identified himself as Aman al-Muhammad was permitted to enter Greece in October. This was according to CNN News. And he was one of the people that was part of the massacre in Paris. But like I say, this is the Trump report. And I must report what Mr. Trump has said. And he said some more on ISIS and the attack on the uh, French people. And he went after the limp-wristed Obama, Muslim lover. He went on to say, Mr. Trump did, and I'll say the quote just as he mouthed it, bomb the bleep out of ISIS. 
He said this in Knoxville, Tennessee. Donald Trump on this last Monday focused on national security in his speech to a rankest crowd of nearly 10,000 people. Days after the terrorist attacks in Paris sent shockwaves around the world and rippled through the 2016 presidential race. Now I'm stopping right there for a minute because we have a new House of Representatives speaker, Speaker of the House, Mr. Paul Ryan. And he come out and made this statement a day or so ago that they're going to pass a bill. Uncle, we're going to pass a bill here in the House of Representatives that's going to tell Obama he's got to pause. He's got to pause on this bringing of all them there Syrians over here. Mind you, he didn't say stop or we will not allow or you will not bring. He used the word pause, wiggle room to get out. Ladies and gentlemen, coming from the mouth of the Speaker of the House, a status quo progressive, Paul Ryan, this is nothing but window dressing, just like the Republicans did under Boehner on Obamacare. We voted over 50 times to get Obamacare uh, taken out of, taken out of, uh, uh, of America, and it didn't happen, but we tried our best. That was all window dressing. This is the same thing. They don't really mean anything when it comes to Syria. They hide under their desk sucking their thumb. And Paul Ryan crawled out from underneath his desk long enough to make that statement. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, there's one man, like I said, Donald Trump. He won't put up with that crap. He will not put up with it. He went on to slam President Obama and Democratic presidential frontrunner Hillary Rotten Clinton for not referring to the threat from ISIS as radical Islam. He was telling his supporters all about it. Here, here it is, he said. It's time to talk about the threat and pledge a more aggressive response. If elected president, I'll be doing that. He went on to say, you hear the term radical Islamic terrorism. He, Obama, won't say it. He won't say it, Trump said, referring to Obama. I mean, you can solve a problem if you reuse or refuse to talk about what the problem is. You can't do it. You cannot solve that problem if you refuse to acknowledge or talk about what that problem is and identify it for what it is. And he won't talk about it. I don't know what is going on with this man. And you know who else won't talk about it? Hillary Rotten Clinton. She won't talk about it either, Mr. Trump went on to say. He went on to suggest that weak and ineffective leadership was to blame for the attacks in Paris, which killed at least 129 people. When you're weak and ineffective, bad stuff does happen. Amen, Brother Trump. And that's what we're seeing, Mr. Trump said at the top of his speech as he opened with the Paris killings, but did not elaborate on the remark. He doesn't have to. The American people understand where he's coming from and what he's saying. Now, Mr. Trump was in my neck of the woods in my state this last Saturday in Beaumont, Texas. Trump first reacted to the terrorist carnage by saying that the tragedy wouldn't have been a much, a much different situation if Paris had looser gun laws. Looser gun laws, excuse me. And you and I know who we 
who stand by the Second Amendment, the right to protect ourselves, know that if there had been some Frenchmen in that uh, closed area during that concert that were armed, were packing heat, were able to whip them guns out and shoot them damn terrorists. We know that probably could have happened. But no, not a Frenchman was armed. Because France says, no, you can't have no guns. You people in public, uh, you, you citizens, no. Mm-mm. You're just going to have to stand there and take it till somebody shows up, some cop or whatever shows up with a gun. And that's the way the mindset is here in America with the liberal left. What would have happened if that would have transpired in a big rock concert on the East Coast full of liberal little kids and, and all that, God forbid, and none of them had a gun, and the massacre was extensive, what would those people be saying? Oh, well, uh, the cops did the best they could. They got here as soon as they could, as they observed uh, the cops drawing the chalk lines around all the kids that were shot. You know, our police try the best they can to protect us, but they can't be Johnny on the spot. They usually get there after the fact. They usually get there after the fact to conduct their investigation. Very seldom, not because they don't want to be, but very seldom are they there as the crime is being perpetrated against a citizen. Very seldom. But you can't convince the left of that. You just can't do it. I've given up trying. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump's speech, like I said, drew 10,000 people at Knoxville Convention Center. And according to the venue's general manager, Mary Bogart, the animated crowd was a welcome sight for Trump, who has seen several of his competitors supposedly surging in the polls, endangering his months-long lead at the top of the GOP presidential pick. You know, Mr. Trump, you don't have anything to worry about. You really don't. You got a bunch of midgets running against you. There's only one other person that I believe in besides you. That's Mr. Ted Cruz. That's Mr. Ted Cruz. Now, I've stood by Ben Carson, and I still do, but he's not presidential material. He's just not. At this time of America's life, when so much is coming down on us, from all sides, we need somebody that's tough. We need somebody that's going to stand up and call a spade a spade. We need somebody that's not spoken, uh, soft-spoken, but speaks it with a loud voice and speaks with authority. And that would be Donald Trump. That would be Donald Trump. The rest of the guys... Mr. Cruz not included, but the rest are a bunch of midgets, a bunch of status quo politicians, including the woman that's in the race. I have no no faith in her at all. None whatsoever. But you know, during his visit to Knoxville, his biggest applause lines came as he once again pledged to bomb, and I'm going to use the word he did. He once again pledged to bomb the shit out of ISIS and forcibly insist the United States should not accept any Syrian refugees. 
Instead, Mr. Trump called for building a tremendous safe zone in Syria where Syrians could live without fear of bomb, being bombed. But you know, folks, our illustrious leader, the stealth Muslim, the silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago, the community organizer, the pupil of Carl of, uh, of Saul Alinsky, Obama, He's already said the U.S. would accept 10,000 Syrian refugees. Some have already arrived and disembarked in New Orleans, Louisiana. And he's promising a a maximum of 65,000 and probably more are on the radar screen as far as Obama's concerned. But we have to listen to Trump. He's told these people, if I'm elected, he raises his right hand, You're out of here. You're going to go back where you come from. And that resonates with the American people. That resonates with we the people. He's the only one saying that. Lest Ted Cruz is saying it. The rest of them are mealy-mouthed. Trying to talk around it. trying Trying to come up with all kinds of ideas and legislation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's as cut and dry as it can be. You people of Syria are not coming here. Period. If you're here when I'm elected, you're going back. And he's even talked about shutting down mosques that preach violence against Americans and Christians. Bravo, Mr. Trump. Bravo, Mr. Trump. You got it all in one bag, as we used to say in the military. All in one sock. You are talking the truth. You are kicking ass and taking names. We'll be right back after a Phyllis Schlafly report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, popular speaker, and author of 25 books, including A Choice, Not an Echo, Who Killed the American Family, The Flip Side of Feminism, Turbo Reader, and How We Made the Republican Party Pro-Life. Now, here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. If you want to stay on top of what's going on in schools, you should carefully watch the policies adopted by the National Education Association. The NEA's three million members include most of the nation's public school teachers, and they finance its half-billion-dollar budget with their mandatory union dues. At the NEA's annual convention, resolutions typically recycle every liberal buzzword you can think of, such as diversity, inclusion, sexual orientation, pluralism, stereotypes, reproductive freedom, racism, sexism, homophobia, equity, multiculturalism, undocumented immigrants, and global interdependency. At this year's convention, several propaganda terms appeared for the first time, including marriage equality, gender identity, and institutional racism. Until this year, the NEA had refrained from explicitly endorsing same-sex marriage, although it was on record in favor of equal benefits for domestic partners, for repealing the Federal Defense of Marriage Act, and other tenets of the gay rights agenda. This year's NEA convention targeted this issue more directly by declaring that teachers should tolerate no opposition to so-called marriage equality, even for sincere religious reasons. The teachers' union adopted this new business item. 
the NEA will develop educational materials for its state affiliates and members about the potential dangers of so-called Religious Freedom Restoration Acts, which may license individuals and corporations to discriminate on the theory that their religious beliefs require such actions. It's now more important than ever for parents to find out and become aware of what is being taught to their children in public school. You've been listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presented by Eagle Forum. As parents and as caring Christians, it's important that you understand the power and the radical liberal agenda of the National Education Association. Please write us at Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002, and ask for the complete package on the NEA agenda. That's Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002. And join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World on Restoration Radio United Kingdom, freedominamerica.us, freedominamericaradio.com, the GAL Network from South Texas. Stand by, Gary will be right back. One in 33 babies is born with a birth defect, but mothers-to-be can help give their babies a healthy start. This is registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics with your Eating Right Minute. There are some simple steps women can take to prepare for a healthy pregnancy. Take 400 micrograms of folic acid each day. Don't smoke or drink alcohol. And talk to your doctor about any vaccines or medications you take. Maintain a healthy weight gain during pregnancy, and if you have diabetes, keep it under control. Remember, make regular visits to see your healthcare professional. For help choosing foods during your pregnancy and after baby is born, see a registered dietitian. Encouraging you to eat right, I'm registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. All right, all you dads and moms, pay attention to what's coming up. It could be your son's livelihood. It could be your son and his ability to identify himself as a male. That's right. A straight male in this country. But you know all you politically correct liberal parents out there, here is something you might want to consider for little limp-wristed Johnny, your son. Here is a Christmas gift for your son or whatever you call the male in your families these days. A perfect gift for all the Adams and Steves who are raising their son to be just like them. Headline. Barbie now marketed to boys. Barbie now marketed to boys. It's progress. It's just common sense, they say. Mattel has a new market for its Barbie dolls. It's American boys. The first Barbie commercial ever featuring a boy was produced by the toy company for Moshano Barbie. CBS San Francisco reported Monday. Well, that's an appropriate place to kick it off. 
You know, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard the word machoism, and you've heard the word macho, and you've heard all these other things that the feminists tacked on to the American male back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, and it's still used today by feminists. And like Rush Limbaugh said, way back when he had his whole list of things that proved to be true, feminism is for those women who can't find a man for some reason. And that reason being, I won't say, but I think you can figure it out. And like I said, the first Barbie commercial ever featuring a boy playing with a Barbie doll was produced by the toy company for, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, M-O-S-C-H-I-N-O, Machino Barbie. And it was produced and released in San Francisco, or as a lot of people like to call that town, San Francisco. Now, this Barbie is so fierce, a boy with a lisp explains in the commercial, like Judge from Lifetime's Project Runway. When Barbie's cell phone rings, the child says, It's for you, Marchino Barbie. He winks and the commercial ends. Gawker praised the ad on Monday, saying, It's progress. It's just common sense. Now, the creator and director of this Barbie doll for boys, Jeremy Scott, designed the doll, which, re- the doll, which re- retails for $150. And this was reported by International Business Times, November 7th. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, I went on and read this, and I read a couple of comments. There was a whole list of comments made by people who read the same thing that is passed along to you. I'm just going to give you a couple of the comments. Yet again, homosexuals hate heterosexuals and do their best to eradicate those who pro- procreate. Homosexuals constantly push their perverted pedophilia on little boys. This is another assault on men by men who don't like women and choose not to be sexually attracted to women but choose to be sexually attracted to men. Do not doubt gays and lesbians are sick in the head and do this willingly. The perverted love to defile those who are innocent and naive as such as children are children. All homosexuals are perverted pedophiles. Second comment. No disrespect intended. But the question has to be addressed since every since Obama was ushered into the White House. Everything is traveling down a feminist road. Everything is designed for feminism, but not masculine. Some of the new military uniforms are designed to be more feminine. Even this doll toy is marketed to be feminine. Little boys. Marketed to be little, attract little boys. So the question is forced to be asked. Does Obama also feel like he is trapped in a man's body? Since he is making ways to sneak these kinds of things in on unsuspecting children and young adults? In other words, is he trying to make it easier for them to come out in the open? You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've sounded the warning numerous times during the lifespan of my show about things just like this. And I ask you people who listen to get you a pad, some paper, and a pen and conduct your own little project, your own little study 
distance in the realm of television and commercials where the United States male lies, especially the white male, and especially young males, little boys, boys, whatever. If you look at any setting that is projected in a commercial that involves a family or family members like a mom, usually it's a mom. The dad's never in the scene. If he is, he's a doofus, and it's usually a white dad. It's never a black dad or an Asian dad. It's always a white dad. It's in the scene. If it's in the commercial, he's in the commercial, and he's usually a dumbass projected to be. If you look at the family projected in the commercial, like I said, it's usually a mom. And the children, if there are any in the commercial, are always, for the most part, daughters or young girls or little girls. It's never little boys. Oh, yeah, there's an odd one once in a while. But the majority, the vast majority of commercials today revolve around, if there's a family uh, depicted in that commercial, revolves around a mom, daughter, two daughters, three daughters, and I've even seen a commercial where they let it be known that the dog was a female. What does that tell our young boys? What does that tell our young men? What does it tell them? Does it tell them that you just, you're just not even on the radio an hour anymore? You just don't even count. Then along comes something like this damn Barbie doll that's going to be marketed directly at the young boys of America to try to sway them, try to slide them into that other lifestyle of being a homosexual or a metrosexual, or somebody that is so uh, devoid of any masculinity, they don't know who in the hell they are. They don't even know what restroom to go in. So what's the main objective here? Who's behind it? The Democrat Party's behind it? The feminist movement's behind it? The socialists are behind it? And all you parents out there that think that's a cool thing, that little Johnny is going to have his own Barbie doll, you're just as bad as, I don't know what. You must be metrosexuals yourself. You know, folks, it's, it's this country, the United States of America, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, most Americans today, especially younger Americans, especially white males, don't know who in the hell they are. They really don't. They can't identify. If they try to identify with their masculinity, they're tore down. They're made fun of, impugned. Look at all these NFL stars out there running around and baseball stars running around, prancing around with pink shoes and pink towels hanging out of their uniforms and pink hats and pink gloves. Do you think any masculine male back in the 40s, 50s, or even 60s, or even 70s would have done that? Hell no, they wouldn't have. They would have wore maybe a little thing, I'm for breast cancer or something like that, but they wouldn't be parading around in all kinds of pink crap. And now the NFL's got a damn board of females on the board that looks at all the things that these males are supposed to comply with. I don't know, get in touch with your feminine side. Go to sensitivity training? I don't know. But I'm going to leave you males with this that listen to the show. And it comes from a guy that's old school. And I'm going to tell you a little story. When I was a kid, I used to go 
to my grandma's house, my family and me, and we would sit down for Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or whatever the occasion may be where the whole family got together, an extended family, and all the men congregated in the living room. And they would sit there and talk about their cars, talk about their jobs, talk about this, talk about that. And they always greeted each other, not with a hug. Hugs were reserved for the little kids and the wives. They greeted each other with a firm handshake. How are you, Uncle Bill? How are you, Grandpa? How are you doing? The handshake. But when a woman walked into the room, Every male stood up in respect for that woman and what women are. They're nurturers. The people that tame down the rascally old male to such a point that he's kind of uh, not really rough around the edges. Well, maybe sometimes. That's all gone today. It's all gone. When I would meet somebody on the football field, on the baseball field when I played, I didn't hug them. I shook their hand. How you doing, man? How you doing? How's your family? Great game. Yeah, come here. Give me a big hug. No, man. This hugging crap's got to stop. You guys understand that? It's got to stop. Start being men again. Start shaking hands. Start acting like men. I know I'm going to catch hell for this, but I don't give a damn. I've been wanting to say this for a long time. American males, you're sickening. I'm not saying all of you, but the vast majority of you are. You prance around, you got these damn things hanging out of your nose and different colored hair and walking around in skinny jeans and crap and hugging each other like you're hugging your wife or your girlfriend. It's sick, man. You know, my dad and I was raised in an atmosphere where men were men and women were women. We knew our place. We respected each other. We had our jobs. We had our duties. We had our chores. And we all respected each other, men and women. My dad used to tell me, Gary, when you go to the door and there's a woman coming that through that door, by God, you better open the door for her. I've done that up until today and I've been the head looked right in the face by women and tell me I can open up my old damn door, buddy. That's where we are in America today and I would assume you're in, in Europe as well. But this hugging crap's got to stop, man. It looks ridiculous. Grabbing somebody either by their hand and pulling them up next to you and hugging them like they're your wife or something. How about the old way of doing it, men? Firm handshake. Maybe a slap on the back. How you doing, Bill? How you doing, Trade? How you doing, Stephen? Hugs. Hugs are reserved for your kids, your wives, and your girlfriends. And maybe an old grandma or grandpa. And I'm sure most, my grandfather, if I wanted to hug him, he would have, I didn't want to, I didn't even want to meant, he would have pushed me away and said, shake my hand, that's it. This hugging crap. Go hug your grandma. Go hug your aunts. 
Go hug that tree. <laughs> nah. And that's the way it is in America today. That's the way it is. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America. Hump Day in the Free World. I hope I've imparted some, I don't know, wisdom, information, whatever the hell you want to call it, to you, out to you folks. But remember one thing. We patriots are all in the same boat. I don't give a damn if you live in Manchester, England, Boise, Idaho, New Zealand, Australia, Canada. Patriots, uh, we patriots that love our countries, we're all in the same boat. We're all fighting those who want to take our countries away from us. Stand up. I stand with you all. I stand with my beloved people over in England. I love every one of you. And I know damn well that you're going to stand up and not let your country slip away from you. Until Friday, God bless every one of you. God bless your families, your children. God bless your countries. We'll be talking to you Friday. You know that. And you know who you're listening to. Gary Gatehouse. A hard-ass old Texan. On the GAL network. All the way from South Texas. Restoration Radio United Kingdom International. FreedomInAmericaRadio.com FreedomInAmerica.us All broadcasting the truth worldwide. Until Friday, good day. <laughs>